guys, Derek here from Bomb Socks, and welcome to the Bomb Bites podcast. Hey, if you're new to Bomb Bites, it's a service from our company, Bomb Socks, to help be a resource to use. You're studying along with the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hope you enjoy today's episode. So I want to take you into chapter 18 of the book of Acts, and I love this chapter. It's got some cool little, I guess you can call them behind-the-scenes characters. So you get into verse number 1, where it says, After these things, so this is after what had taken place in the previous chapters, uh, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. Again, you got the Corinthians there. And found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately from Italy, with his wife Priscilla. So you got these two here, Aquila and Priscilla. Later on in the book of, uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians, it talks about how the church was there at their home. And so these were kind of young church leaders at the time. But they had spent some time with Paul. In fact, verse 3, it talks about how Paul spent time with them. For by their occupation, they were tent makers. And Paul was as well. He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath, persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. So Paul had spent time with Aquila and Priscilla. And then these two shared with other individuals. In fact, you go down to verse number 24 of chapter 18. We are introduced to a guy who I think is a super cool guy. His name is Apollos, okay? So he's a certain Jew born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. Now to add a little bit to this right here, there's a couple uh, versions of the scriptures. Check out the NIV here for this verse. He had been instructed, this Apollos, he had been instructed in the way of the Lord and spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he only knew the baptism of John. Uh, If you look at the New Living Translation, he had been taught the way of the Lord and taught others about Jesus with an enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. However, he knew only about John's baptism. So he did not know very much. He's just out there teaching very accurately and enthusiastically, but all he knows about is the baptism of John. That is it. He knows about Jesus' baptism, and what's he doing? He's going out there and teaching about it. Now, verse 26, it says, He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. The way I look at the story is they're watching him. He's like, ooh, this guy is awesome. Let's get him more information so he can be even more effective. In fact, after they teach him, you go down to verse 28, for he mightily convinced the Jews and that publicly, shewing by the scriptures, there's that principle of teaching from the scriptures again, that Jesus was Christ. So this Apollos is so cool. As I was reading about him, I was automatically drawn to one of my favorite stories in church history. A lot of people don't know about this guy. His name is Solomon Chamberlain. Okay. Now Solomon Chamberlain, we're going back to the late, mid to late 1820s or so, right before the church was officially organized. You've got this guy, Solomon Chamberlain. This is his own words. His autobiography is so fun. You can find it online right there. It's only just a page or so, but let me just read to you a little bit from his autobiography. And I want you to see how the comparison there with Apollos is. So he said, and this is in his own words, about the time that Joseph Smith had found the gold record, I began to feel that the time was drawing near that the Lord would in some shape or other bring forth his church. I made some inquiry through the country where I had traveled if there was any strange work of God. There's that phrase again that we've talked about. Such as had not been done on the earth since the days of Christ. Uh, You go and read a lot of his previous parts of this. He always feels like there's something else out there. I'm joining with certain churches, but I don't know who's right, so I'm just going to do my best. I was living about 20 miles east of where the gold record was found on the Erie Canal. I had occasion 
vacation to go on a visit into Upper Canada. I took a boat for Lockport. When the boat came to Palmyra, I felt as if some genie or good spirit told me to leave the boat. This was a few miles from where the record was found. After leaving the boat, the spirit manifested to me to travel a south course. I did so for about three miles. I had not yet heard of the Gold Bible, so-called Book of Mormon, nor any of the Joseph Smith family. I was a stranger in that part of the country, a town where I had never before had set my foot, and I knew no one in the town. It was now about sundown. My guide directed me to put up for the night, which I did to a farmhouse. In the morning, the people of the house asked me if I had heard of the Gold Bible, Book of Mormon. When they said gold Bible, there was a power like electricity went from the top of my head to the end of my toes. This was the first time I had ever heard of the gold Bible. I was now within a half a mile of the Smith family where Joseph lived. From the time I left the boat until now, I was wholly led by the spirit or my genie. The women spoke considerable of the gold Bible that Joseph Smith had found. When she mentioned gold Bible, I felt a shock of the power of God go from head to foot. I said to myself, I shall soon find why I have been led in this singular manner. So he goes in to kind of make his story a little bit shorter. It's a cool story. He goes in and he's able to meet with the Smith family. Joseph's not there, but he sits and talks to Hiram and he tells Hiram about all of these experiences that he'd been having about visions and wanting to know if God's true church is really out there. And Hiram's like, ha, well, here we are. He ends up leading him to the Book of Mormon. Now at this point, the Book of Mormon had not been published. It was still being printed by E.B. Granin at the time. In fact, there was 5,000 copies that were being printed and it was printed in some of you have seen kind of how this is where it's printed in like 16 pages or 16 a big manuscript page and so Solomon Chamberlain only read 64 pages of it and what he did was like can I take this and Hiram says yeah if you can just bring that back though because we still need to add this to the book so what he does is he goes out and he takes 64 pages of the Book of Mormon again not a lot but enough to do some really good stuff with in fact what he did is in his own words he says I took them with their leave and pursued my journey to Canada and I preached all that I knew concerning Mormonism to all both high and low, rich and poor and thus you see this was the first that ever printed Mormonism was preached to this generation. So he really becomes the unofficial first missionary of the church before the Book of Mormon is even printed out there. Again, he's going with the amount of light and knowledge that he has. In fact, he ends up at this Methodist conference where he actually meets a guy by the name of Phineas Young who has a brother also there named Brigham Young and he interacts with them with the Book of Mormon long before it even becomes a thing. He even says, while I was on my way home, I stopped at a free will Baptist church, preached to a large congregation, and they received the work, but there was no one to baptize them. So again, this is before the church was even a thing. So you got Solomon Chamberlain, who is out there sharing this gospel message, kind of like Apollos right here. He didn't know much but he's doing his best with this. As I was reminded of this story again, so if you get a chance to read about Solomon Chamberlain, you're going to love his story. I was reminded of Neil L. Anderson back in October of 2008. He gave a wonderful talk called You Know Enough. Elder Anderson said this. He said, Nearly 40 years ago, as I contemplated the challenge of a mission, I felt very inadequate and unprepared. I remember praying, Heavenly Father, how can I serve a mission when I know so little? I believed in the church, but I felt my spiritual knowledge was very limited. As I prayed, the feeling came. You don't know everything everything but you know enough. That reassurance gave me the courage to take the next step into the mission field. And so I love that, how you've got Apollos, you've got Solomon Chamberlain, you've got Neil L. Anderson, all of us right there. We don't need to know everything to be able to teach the importance of Jesus Christ and things will come along the way. So I love this chapter and I'm grateful for the truths that are in here and I love the stories here as well. Mm -hmm.
If you'd like to check out our video that goes with today's podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook by simply searching Bomb Socks. That's B-O-M-S-O-C-K-S. And be sure to check out our amazingly comfortable gospel-themed socks at bombsocks.com. Thanks for listening, and hope you'll join us again for more episodes of Bomb Bites. Godspeed, and have a great day.